Stop looking into an empty tomb. Some of you are looking into an empty tomb to try to find the answers. Stop looking at the past. Stop looking at the losses, at the difficulties. Stop looking at all these things. Because when you look at all these things, your sight will be hindered. Communion, it brings revelation. And revelation brings freedom. Because yes, there is a stirring, but it's all God. There was something you had to do to receive the fullness. You may have that fire starting on the inside of you, but God wants to give you a whole lot more. There's just a little flicker. You're not going to look into an empty grave looking for the answers. You're not going to look to the past and try to find the answers. You're going to look straight ahead, church. You're looking straight ahead. You're going to keep your eyes fixed and focused on the promises of God, on Him. Today is the day of salvation. This is what you've been waiting for. Get ready for a night of Holy Ghost power. September 22nd, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Register now at FiredUpConference.com. Thank you, Lord God. Your word is alive. It's living and it's active. It's powerful, Lord God. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. I thank you, Father God, for what you're doing, Lord, today and tonight. For each and every vessel here, Lord God, and those watching, Lord God, via TV. We thank you, Lord God. We decree a mighty move, Lord God, through the word as well as what we've just experienced in the worship. We thank you that you continue to heal. You continue to restore. You continue to set free in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Still in shock about how Jesus was betrayed and sentenced to death and crucified. The two followers of Jesus walked on the road to Emmaus, deep in heavy, heavy conversation and saddened by what just happened. Most of you guys know this story. Their hopes of Jesus being Israel's deliverer was crushed. And confusion started to rise up within them as news started to spread of the grave being empty. That news started to spread. So some confusion and some hopelessness was starting to rise up. Luke 24, starting in verse 13. And now, it says, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Jesus himself drew near. They were blinded by discouragement or depression, but yet Jesus himself drew near. Say, that is a divine encounter. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Jesus had drawn near, yet their eyes were restrained, and so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have had with one another as you walk and are sad? And then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? 
And Jesus said to them, what things? And so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said. Hallelujah. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Failure to recognize the truth left them spiritually dull. Spiritual dullness is a result of having a lack of wisdom, which only comes, wisdom which comes from the fear of God, right? But spiritual dullness is a result of a lack of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, right? So spiritual dullness comes from a result of having a lack of what God says is available for you when you have the fear of the Lord and you're in his word. Are we all following? The tomb was empty and they could not see Jesus, although he was standing right beside them. Standing there in the flesh, blinded or in, with an inability to recognize the very, very son of God, Jesus Christ himself, God Almighty. Jesus walked up beside them and spoke with them, yet their disappointment kept them blind and disillusioned to reality, God's reality. Disappointment and disillusioned is, what, is all they could really see. They thought their hopes were shattered. They couldn't understand why this didn't turn out the way they thought it was going to turn out. And therefore, though provision presented itself, they were unaware. Don't let that be you. Disappointment, disappointment keeps you from your appointed time. If you let it. Disappointment will cause you to miss your appointment. In Genesis 18, 14, this is what the word of the Lord says. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, he says, say there's an appointed time. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of and life, and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah, I know you're 90. You're going to be 90 and your husband's going to be 100. But this was God's chosen moment, the appointed time, Sarah, to open up your womb. This is when your seed was going to be ready. Abram, this is your time of visitation. Disappointment will keep you from your appointed time. But in Habakkuk 2.3, Habakkuk 2.3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. How many of you have a vision from the Lord? It is for an appointed time, Habakkuk 2.3. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Say this with me. 
Habakkuk 2.3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Turn to your neighbor and say, wait for it. Turn to somebody else and say, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will surely come. It shall not tarry. See, the tomb was empty. And they couldn't see Jesus. Stop looking into an empty tomb. Some of you are looking into an empty tomb to try to find the answers. They were looking into an empty tomb to try to find the answers, but he's risen. He wasn't there. Stop looking into what, was in, what is empty. It's kind of like stop looking at the past. It's the same thing. Stop looking at the past. Stop looking at the losses, at the difficulties. Stop looking at all these things because when you look at all these things, your sight will be hindered. Provision, because God is so faithful, will be there, but your sight will be hindered. They're looking into an empty tomb. They didn't see Jesus. He wasn't there. But the provision was still there. He was still alive. He had risen. He's given them something better. God wants to give you something better. In Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Means fenced in things, hidden things, things you're unaware of. God wants to open up your mind and show you and reveal to you the truth, his truth, reality, his reality. So communion brought revelation, and revelation brought freedom. Communion brings revelation. Revelation brings freedom. I'm going to say that again because some of you need to get that in your, in your spirit, man. Communion, it brings revelation, and revelation brings freedom. He sat at the table with them, and he took bread. He took bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread, and then he gave it. Communion. When he gave the bread, their eyes were opened. It brings revelation. Say communion brings revelation. And revelation brings freedom. Jesus sat at the table with them. He took the bread. He blessed the bread. He broke the bread. He gave the bread. When he gave the bread their eyes were opened and they knew him read verse 30 with me verse 30 and 31 now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took the bread he blessed and he broke it and he gave it and verse 31 says then their eyes were opened and they knew him and then he vanished from their sight once he once they saw once they took that's why you should thank him for the breaking the bread needed to be broken sometimes you look at your life and you see all the brokenness all the pieces but you should thank him for the breaking because it's in the breaking that you see the light of Christ it's in the breaking that you see the light of Christ. He had to break the bread. His whole body was broken for us, willingly. In the breaking of the bread, when he won then gave, is when their eyes were now opened. Thank you for the breaking, Lord. Thank you for what you've done 
Thank you for the breaking, Lord, because now my eyes see. But the devil thought was going to destroy you. And come on, church, you know, you know, you all can remember that there were times where you could feel the devil breathing on your backs. And he thought he was destroying you. He thought he had you. He thought, oh, this is it. I've got them this time. There was enough catastrophe coming their way. I've got them this time. But what the, when the devil thought that he had you, in reality, the Lord was strengthening you. He was lifting you up. up and you're going to tread all over the devil's plans. And you're becoming stronger and wiser for it all. Breaking of the bread. Communion brings revelation, and revelation brings freedom. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Glory to God. Woo! Read verse 32 with me. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures? To us, did not our hearts burn within us? Well, actually, followers of Christ, you were clueless as to who was speaking to you until you stopped to dine with him. The reality is, is once you stopped to dine with him and you took the breaking of the bread and you received the breaking of the bread, yes, now your eyes were open. So maybe, just maybe, there was a stirring that started. But don't you take so much credit because, yes, there is a stirring, but it's all God. There was something you had to do to receive the fullness. You may have that fire starting on the inside of you, but God wants to give you a whole lot more than just a little flicker. He wants to give you a whole lot more than just a little burning. And it's going to require something from you. It required something from them. It required a life of communion. It required a life that's set apart. It required a life. That says, Lord, I'm not like this world, and nor do I want to be. It required something, and it requires something from us. A laid down life. Say a laid down life. is a good life. The best life. It requires something of me. I don't want just a little flicker. I don't want just a little fire. I want to just burn with you, Jesus. So let the communion begin. Let the dining begin. I thank you for the breaking, Lord. I thank you. Because then the real fire starts. The fire that destroys those demons. The real fire starts. The fire that causes demons to tremble when you walk in a room. The real fire. The fire of his word. Mm -hmm. Let the burning begin. Verse 32, I'm going to read it again. They said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us, we have to open up the scriptures until you receive what was broken and call it blessed your life is blessed. I don't care what you've gone through. Your life is blessed because God always touches and he always restores if you let him. Does he not? He touches and he restores if you let him. He causes you to occupy the land. 
that the devil has tried to steal from you. He causes you to have a, a heavier weight of authority, a heavier weight of his glory. Amen. See, you can have just a little bit of his glory, his anointing, his power, or you can have everything God called you to have. And that's it. That's the bottom line. You can have a little tiny bit, or you can have everything he actually intended for you to have. Yes and amen. A heavier weight of glory than we previously had. You see, in this, in this portion of scripture, he was already working in their hearts. We just read they, their own testimony. They said, well, when we were walking, didn't our hearts already burn? God is already at work. God is already at work in your life. He was working the fire of his presence within the hearts of those who loved them, even when they were still caught in the devil's disappointment. Remember, they were disappointed. They were looking, they're like, what happened? We thought we had the word of promise. We thought he was going to be our deliverer. What happened? He's not here. And they were disappointed. Jesus says, why are you sad? He said, why are you sad? When he walked up amongst, he said, why are, you, why are you sad? They were disappointed. They were disappointed. But yet, even when they were just disappointed, God was still working. God was still moving because even while they were disappointed, they started feeling the fire of God. They still were walking in the disillusionment. It wasn't like the veil was completely off, but God started working. God is working. Even though you don't see the fullness of it, God is still working. Never, ever, ever doubt that. Never doubt that. He's working in our hearts. His fire broke in. His passion broke in. No wall of defeat can stop the fire of God from breaking through in your life. Come on. His fire is much stronger. No final destruction, no devastation, no disappointment can withhold his, his burning presence. Let's read verse 32 one more time. And when they said to one another... Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Did not our hearts burn? Oh, yes. Our hearts burned and still burn. Our hearts are just this flame of fire, an inferno because of the presence and the fire of God. Amen. So we're going to keep our eyes on his word day and night and night and day, day and night and night and day. And in Proverbs 4, 20, and 20 through 22, it says, my son, which means all of you, sons and daughters of the most high God, my children, children, my son, children, give attention to my words. Pay attention. Be attentive to. That means pay attention to the details. My son. Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and they are health to your whole flesh. Your whole flesh. They're health and life to your whole body. Health and life. Say it's health. His words are health. His words are life. His words are health. His words are life to my whole body. To my whole body. Let's turn to Psalm 147. How many of you love the word of God? We love his word. Powerful word. 147. 
starting in verse 3. His word says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Hang on to that word, church. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He counts the numbers of stars. He, he calls them by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. He his understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God. Who covers the heavens with clouds. Who prepares rain for the earth. Who makes grass to grow on the mountains. And he gives to the, beasts, it, to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. And he does not delight in the strength of a horse and takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. But, say but, he takes pleasure in those who fear him. He takes pleasure in those who fear him. He takes pleasure in us. He takes pleasure in those who fear him. That means those who rely upon him. Those who will revere him. He takes pleasure in those who hope in his mercy. Takes pleasure in those who hope in his mercy. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that we will keep our eyes upon your word. And we will not allow any disbelief, disillusionment, discouragement, depression to come against what you've already promised us. Because your word is yes and amen. All of your promises are yes and amen. They're yes and amen. You find that promise, you hang on to that promise. And you know that God has given you the wisdom that you need with, with the communion that you give and you have with the Lord. That you, When you commune with him, when you dine with him, when you worship him, when you literally take communion. How many of you guys take communion at home in your own quiet time? If you don't, why not? You should start. You know, you start as the Lord directs you to. I'm not, try, I'm not telling you to do something as a religious, you know, exercise. But as you are led by the Lord, it's the most beautiful thing when you commune with God. Now, of course, that's just one way of communing with God is literally the taking of the bread and the drinking of the cup. That's not the only way that we commune with God. We commune with God. We commune with him and we're supposed to commune with him 24-7. Constantly. Our hearts, our spirits, were created to commune with him. We are created, literally, to be an exact representation of the glory of God, his son. And so to do this, we must be in communion with him. As we commune with him, what happens? Brings revelation. When revelation comes, what happens? Freedom. Freedom. Because truth sets you free. What is truth? God's word is truth. What is truth? God's word is truth. Everything that comes forth from the mouth of God, every word that comes forth from this amazing, beautiful, holy book, every word of it is powerful, active, and alive. And it will change your life if you let it. The beautiful thing is, is in the story of the road to Emmaus, it it, the story doesn't end there. You know, we know that Jesus appears to them again, to a group of the disciples. He appears again. Their eyes were opened, these two. But Jesus appears again to them. 
He shows them his hands, his feet. He shows them that he's alive. You know that he's alive. You know just based on the faithfulness of God, you know what he has done for you. You know based on your reading and understanding of the word of God. You know based on the revelation that God has given you, the, the transformation that he's already taken you through. You know that he is alive. You know that he is with you. You know that he's walking with you and literally carrying you along and giving you hope and telling you, get up again. Pick yourself up. Pick yourself up and keep going because I want to reveal these things to you. You're not going to get stuck. You're not going to, I'm not going to allow you to be stuck in a place of disappointment and disillusionment because I am with you and I am for you. And if I have to push you forward, I'll push you forward. But you're going through because you're a warrior for the kingdom. Warriors for the kingdom don't just stop and they don't quit. Warriors for the kingdom keep on fighting. Keep on fighting, church. Keep on fighting. You fight with your every praise and every hallelujah. It's a fight. It's a weapon of warfare. It's literally a weapon. Don't you know that? Every time. I expect when you come, I expect because the Lord expects that you lift your voices to the king and that you let that shout come forth and don't be hindered and don't be self-conscious about your voice. Really? You shouldn't be worried about your voice. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. If that's where, what you consider, make a joyful noise then. But let me tell you, there is so much power when we come together and we lift up our voices in praise and in prayer and in adoration. The problem is, is if you're so concerned about making a mistake, then the focus is off Jesus and on you. We make mistakes all the time. Who cares? It's not a performance. I tell you this all the time. We're not performing. We're literally adoring our King. And, it, and it's a beautiful, he's delighted by it. He is literally delighted by the praise because it's pure. It's not performance, it's pure. That's what I want. I want all of you to enter into more because it's a weapon. It's a way you commune with him. It's another way of communing with the Lord. Communion is going to bring revelation. Revelation brings freedom. And we know that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We know that. But I think we'd all agree that you, you know a lot of free people because they're supposedly saved, and they're not free at all. They're as bound as bound can be. Okay, you all act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You are all acting like you do not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so many people that are like, I'm free in the Lord, I'm saved, and they don't look free, they don't act free, they, nothing about them is free. It's as bound as bound can be, but that's not Jesus. That's not what he died, rose again to set us free for. When their eyes were open, they saw what was available to them the whole time. The Lord was waiting for them to press in closer. He wasn't trying to hide from them. He presented himself in broad daylight. Presented himself in broad daylight and asked the questions as if he didn't already know the answers. Of course he knew the answers. But he'll ask you questions literally to kind of awaken you so that you can walk in the fullness of his truth. Amen? So that you will see because you're looking at the right thing and not in, in an empty grave. You're not going to look into an empty grave looking for the answers. You're not going to look to the past and try to find the answers. You're going to look straight ahead, church. You're looking straight ahead. You're going to keep your eyes fixed and focused on the promises of God, on him.
because only in him is your true victory. Hallelujah. Jump up to your feet and shout, Hallelujah. I am free in Christ. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Woo! Glory to God.